Father, we come before you We come recognizing the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands. Amen. And so may we, as your children, live and stand upon it. May you give us grace that as we stand upon your word, we would seek by your Spirit at work in us to be transformed to Christ and to share Christ and to live for Christ, that we would be a people who are undividedly worshiping you in every area of life. May you help us May you give us your help and your grace in such a time as this. We pray, Father, that you would bless every single person here this morning. That you would even now prepare the hearts for the hearing and the receiving and the responding to your word. And so help us, Father, we pray, and give me grace in preaching it. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, as you have probably already seen in the bulletin, we are beginning a new series. So, a couple of weeks ago, we finished walking through the letter of Colossians. So, this morning, we turn to a new book, of Habakkuk. So you might be wondering, why Habakkuk? Well, one reason is, is we gather, and as we gather each Lord's Day, we want to come recognizing and hearing from the whole counsel of God. Amen. We believe the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. This Bible is for us, from Genesis to Revelation. Amen. So that's one reason. But more specifically, we need to hear the message of Habakkuk in such a time as this. We do not know what lies ahead with this year. I mean, there are all varieties of happenings that are even going on right now that have already happened. You know, America, Iran, Iraq, it's an election year. We're seeing over the last years the moral fabric of our culture continues to do what it continues to slide downward and it does not seem to be slowing down. And then we who know Christ, in the midst of all these things and more, we want to know how do we live faithfully Regardless of what comes, whether what comes ahead is revival or whether what comes ahead is suffering or else. In all this, we all, we look forward, 
We ask as we see all these things on the horizon, as we have all these things set before us and much unknown, we ask, so what is next? Well, if we're honest, the answer is we do not know. But we do know much has changed. The world has and is continuing to turn upside down. I mean, if you uh, were to tell people even 15 years ago what's happening today across our nation and across the, the nations, they would be shocked. Hence, it is that we come to the book of Habakkuk that sets before us this theme. In the midst of confusing times, the righteous shall live by faith. That's the theme of Habakkuk. In the midst of confusing times, the righteous shall live by faith. And that's a message that we need to hear now, this year, today. So with this theme set before us, let's open our Bibles then and turn to this small Old Testament book of Habakkuk. It's only three chapters. It's one of the minor prophets and as is the case, it can be hard to find the minor prophets, so it's there sandwiched between Nahum and Zephaniah. So Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah. So if, you wanna, if you're searching for it, table contents, and hopefully that helps as well. But may God, that's right, may God prepare us then as we turn to the Word of God, and may He open our eyes to behold wondrous things Amen. from God's word. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? Why do you look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded. For I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. The horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. The horsemen press proudly on. The horsemen come from afar, They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence. All their faces forward. They gather captives like sand. At kings they scoff. And at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress. For they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Amen. 
With those words, this book begins. And it begins in the first verse there with this name, Habakkuk. So, who is this man after which this book is named? Well, we don't know much about Habakkuk aside from really what we see here in this book. He was a prophet. Prophets, they were the mouthpiece of God. They would declare God's word and his agenda. So Habakkuk, he would have lived during the prophetic ministries of many prophets that you would, you're familiar with, I'm sure, Jeremiah, Daniel, and Nahum. He would witness the fall of the great and mighty Assyrian Empire. And he would also watch the rise of the Babylonian Empire. So the book here, it begins with his prayer, a complaint of what he sees going on in Judah. And really, this is kind of how these next chapters unfold. He's praying, asking God, what's going on? And then God answers, and many have compared this book to the book of Job, which is interesting, because he answers Habakkuk and his questions here where he does not answer Job's. And so, Habakkuk is praying in light of great evil. The kingdom of Israel had fallen to Assyria around 722-721 B.C. And why? Because they were judged by God because of their great wickedness. And now Habakkuk, he cries out as he personally sees the wickedness of Judah as well. So God's people, they are living in utter wickedness. And so Habakkuk complains before God, and God, he answers. Habakkuk's complaint, it leads us then to raise three questions that we may have, or we may all have had, or we may all relate to. The first is, does God hear me? Does God hear me? So this is not the first time that Habakkuk has prayed to God about these things. He has brought before the wickedness of Judah frequently. Even such that like a child crying out for their parents again and again, laboriously, emotionally, and genuinely, and there comes no response. Now, if you're a parent here, I know that you probably know this, but there's a time when you're raising a baby or an infant where you need to teach them to go to sleep on their own. And so there's a time even where you as parents have done this. They cry out, and you will not. Maybe you come and comfort them, but you let them cry until they go to sleep, teaching them to go to sleep. And so Habakkuk here, is crying out with no response, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? I mean, if you could hear his voice, I'd imagine what you'd hear here is the pain and the anguish in his voice. Lord, do you hear me? So Habakkuk, he lives among people in a land that is steeped in sin and wickedness. 
The words he uses to describe them here in these verses are violence, iniquity, wrong, destruction, strife, and contention. The law of God, it is paralyzed. It is left undone. Justice is elusive. Wickedness has free reign. Does God hear me? He's not doing anything about this. Perhaps you're here and you felt that way as you've prayed. You've tossed and you've turned at night praying for God to answer. And you've asked the same thing. Does God hear me? You've prayed and prayed and there's still no job. You've prayed and you've prayed. Oh Lord, how will I be able to provide for my family unless you act? You've prayed and there's still no child. You've prayed and there's still no husband or wife. You've prayed and there's no healing You're still sick, still suffering, still no justice, still no help, still a nation set against their God. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Well, friend, know that God hears your prayers. Know that God hears your prayers. God heard Habakkuk's prayers. Every one of them. And now we see him here answer. He answers Habakkuk because he had already heard as well. Look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. So God had heard and He hears you. Friends, in the midst of the uncertain, Here and now, He is calling you to trust Him. And this is challenging for us. We are a people who have been born and bred with microwaves that have lied to us. Instant gratification has told you that waiting is not acceptable. But God is more concerned with your long-term sanctification conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ than your instant gratification. So know this, God is never idle. Habakkuk says, why do you stand by idle? He is never idle. He is always at work bringing His plans together for His glory. And He calls you not to give up. He calls you to pray on. Pray on in faith. Habakkuk's words of complaint here were faith-wrought questions. So they were faith-seeking understanding. And so we must here differentiate Prayers of faith from prayers of unbelief. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Sunday before Christmas, we, I preached and talked about Zechariah a bit. 
Well, if you'll remember, you know, Zechariah was not able to speak due to unbelief. You know, James, he tells us that the doubting, double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he ought not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. So pray on in faith. The evangelist George Mueller, amazing man, a man known for his faith, a man renowned for his faith. He, he had a journal and he persistently prayed f- to the Lord for five people who did not know Christ. So, over the years, the first person trusted Christ within 18 months. Five years later, the second came to faith. Another six years went by and the third repented and believed the gospel. In the last two, 50 years after he began praying, turned from sin and self and trusted Christ. And that, after he had died. So God hears. He is not idle. So pray on, friends. Pray on. Let us pray for our nation. Let us pray that God would work. Let us pray that God would bring about a work in our day for His glory. There are so many lost around us and they need the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Saints, we must pray. And we must pray on in faith. Trust Him. A second question we may have here is Does God know? Does God know? Habakkuk knows the law. He knows that a disobedient, obstinate, covenant-breaking Israel means God will, and at least should, bring down His curses upon them. I mean, they had answered God. They had said, yes, We will keep your covenant. And now they are accountable to it. Well, Habakkuk likely has here in mind the curses for disobedience from Deuteronomy 28. So there God, he says, that what he would do to the nation, to Israel, who would disobey, who would break his covenant, he says that he would bring a nation against them from far away, from the end of the earth, Swooping like the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified wall in which you trusted come down. But Habakkuk sees that and sees what? Wickedness continues. So he's asking, I mean, does God even know? Does he know the plight of his prophets? Of those who are truly his people? And we could ask, does he, does he know the plight that we are facing? Or the hundreds of thousands of believers among the nations who are even now are being persecuted, perhaps even this very moment, are suffering for their faith? Does he know The plight that I am facing. I mean, our nation, 
It is steeped in brokenness. They've made murdering children legal. The family is being divided and torn apart. Home lives are in shambles. Self is Lord and judge. Moral confusion reigns. Wickedness and evil is declared right while the righteous are being surrounded. These are the kind of questions Habakkuk is struggling with. Does God even know? Let me just say, I mean, my, oh my, he knows. God knows all things. God answers Habakkuk declaring he knows they have committed great violence and great violence is coming for them. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. So God is doing exactly as He said He would. He is faithfully applying His Word under the old covenant people of God. God, He knows all things. He knows what is done in private. He knows what is done in public. He knows what is done in the dark. He knows what is done in the light. None and nothing is hidden from Him who sees and knows all things. He knows the plight of His True children. And what's going on with you as well? Likewise, then, he knows your need. He sees and he knows every heart and situation. He does not see them with finite, too finite eyes like ours, but he sees them with infinite knowledge, infinite wisdom. Infinite goodness, infinite power, infinite love, infinite holiness, everywhere, all the time. While we err looking even a few minutes ahead, He is sovereignly, perfectly bringing about His plans and purposes into all of eternity. So may we then rightly come humbly before our God. May His knowing bring you rest. Rest your head on your pillow at night saying He knows and that is enough. There was a story told of a, a blind child who was in, her, or in his father's arms. So a stranger comes into the room and takes this man's son from him And the child doesn't cry, doesn't complain. And the father is, what's going on? Wondering at his son, why isn't he crying or complaining? He says, so son, are you afraid? You You don't know the person who has you. And the boy, he answers, no father, I don't, but you do. So may we, like that, because we trust our Heavenly Father, trust Him in the midst of whatever may come. I don't know what lies ahead, but you do. And that's enough. Now some of you here may may be here 
And you may hear this and you may need to come and put yourself in a different way before the God who made you. Because you are still strangers to Him. Your deepest and most urgent need is Christ. God knows your need also. And your need is Jesus. May it be that if you are here and you are numbered among those separated from God, even among the wicked mentioned here in Habakkuk, may you turn to Christ who can and will bring you life even this very hour. And that's my prayer for you. That you would. The third and last question we come to here is God still actively involved in history? Is God still actively involved in history? So Habakkuk prays and he wonders why God has not acted. Why the silence? Sin and wickedness is left unpunished. Why? But God answers, I'm already at work. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation. God, he was raising up the Babylonians, a Gentile, pagan nation, to be the tool for his judgment. I mean, you can imagine here Habakkuk's jaw dropping at hearing this. And you'll see that next week as well. His jaw did drop. These are a vicious, bitter, hasty, dreaded, fearsome, and violent people. And though they were far off, perhaps, you know, the, the Israelites, they may think, well, they're far off. I mean, we're in good shape. It will take a long time for them to get to us. So we can make preparations. You know, we can figure this out in that time. Well, God says, well, guess what? I don't think so. They will come swiftly with horses coming to devour. They would conquer people after people like sand. They laugh at kings and rulers. Fortresses will not stop them. Conquering and demonstrating their power in battle is their God. They're coming for you, Judah. So these are the people coming for them. And so the answer is God is working. He has not ceased working. Even now, even now, God is arranging peoples and nations to do His bidding. China, Russia, Iran, America, God knows He's moving them. North Korea, He knows and He's working. Well, what will come? Answer us, Lord. Well, we don't know. Nor will we know. But we do know that God is working. Even as we say He is working, we also need to recognize He has worked. God has given His Word as a testimony to His 
innumerably wondrous good works. The Bible is evidence of his works and his plans that are still being brought to pass. Consider then how he has worked in his word. As you look forward and you wonder about what's going on in these confusing times, see that God is faithful. His word has stood the test of time. The Babylonians did come. And they did judgment upon Judah. It happened exactly like God said it would. And then so would the Persian Empire arise bringing judgment upon Babylon as well. Consider His Word when you're wrestling with these questions. Is He still at work in history? Yes. And then also consider how he has worked in your own life. And look back and see what good he has done. I mean, I, I look at my life. I, so many times I can see the hand of God. I didn't know it then in the midst of it all. But I look back and he just, he grew me. And he changed me. And he was sanctifying me and doing things that I, had, I did not know he was doing. I believed he was doing something. <laughs> and how he provided and cared for us. I remember, you know, we were, Megan and I, we were living in a small you know, 700-something square foot apartment there in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, it's two bedrooms, you know, so very small. And we were living on, we believe this, I'm not lying to you, we were living on $80 a month for our food budget. And yet every, every, day, every night when I came home from work, you know, Megan had food on the table. And it was good, good food. And God had provided for us. And that, that was through all of seminary. $17,000 a year. <laughs> Made it through seminary. We had our first son. He provided. God had worked. In the same way, remember and rejoice in God's working in your life. Yes, you may be going through trouble now. We may be heading towards trouble in the future. But remember God's Word and remember what He's done. Markers of His care. Even in trial, suffering, even great difficulty, behold the hand of God for good in your life. He is working. He has worked. And He will bring His plans to completion. Like Habakkuk, wonder and be astounded. He is working and will bring all His goodwill to its final end. It is not in doubt. It will surely come. God never fails and not one of His promises will falter. Even if you are surrounded by an army, even if you are surrounded by brokenness, even if you are surrounded by rubble and the dissipating smoke 
from a, a ferocious fire. He has not failed, nor will he. God does not promise he will do as we expect, but he promises to fulfill all of his good word, even if, as we see here, that that is in judgment. Wonder and be astounded that such a judgment has not come upon you. We are no better than these Israelites. They are an example of everyone. But wonder and be astounded at the mercy upon mercy of God and God's good plan that He would send His Son into the world to save unworthy sinners like you and me. So rejoice, wonder, and be astounded and trust in your Savior who has said He is with you always, through it all, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We thank you for Habakkuk. We thank you for your word this morning as we walk through it and these questions that we, many of us have and arise in our lives. We have a sure anchor for our souls in your word and in Jesus Christ. So help us cling to him and In confusing times, the righteous shall live by faith. So may we. May you help us, Lord, this morning. May you give us grace now as we turn to celebrate the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, amen.